married 48 years. His wife is named Sheila. They have three children. One of his children has preached our revival. And you see where he, his son gets his excitement from. He is a graduate of Southeastern Seminar. And when the, after the choir has sung, pulpit be your brother Kaka. Shepherds watch their flocks by night, all seated on the ground. The angel of the Lord came down, and glory shone around. Fear not, said he, for mighty dread has seized their troubled mind. Glad tidings of great joy I bring to you and all mankind. To you in David's time this day is born of David's line. This Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this shall be the sign. It says I'm on. I guess I'm on. Can you hear me now? Okay. As I was talking to uh, a brother earlier, and he said, talking about introducing me, 
And I told Linwood, I said, well, you could just say, it's him again. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't let him do it. Where'd he go? I done lost him. Oh, went way back there and here, way back there. Okay. <laughs> but uh, it is good to be back with you today. I got the phone call in uh, the middle of the week and said, could I come? I said, yes, I could. It just so happened that uh, it was open. And uh, I told somebody I was going to take December off. And and uh, I did get uh, the first week off. Uh, but I got some more for the rest of the uh, I, I seriously doubt I'll be preaching the twenty fourth because if they got a if pastor's got a church and he's not in his church on on the twenty fourth, I can't say too much about it. Got to be there on Christmas. Got to be on their Christmas. Got to be there at Easter. That's just two Sundays the pastor has to be in the church unless he's sick, of course. We'll, we'll give him that off. I was thinking about what I was going to share with you today, and I said, well, I could go back to my file and pull out an oldie. But, Goldie, you know. Then I thought, well, I might not have any of those. And so I got thinking about it, and I had settled on something. And then yesterday morning, uh, once in a while, the Lord does this preacher. He said, no, you're not preaching that. I said, well, Lord, it's Saturday morning. What am I going to preach? And I prayed about it, and it came to me. And so I'm going to do the best I can with it. On uh, The Lord gave me short notice. And uh, he'll, he'll do that to us sometimes. And, uh, but, you know, Christmas is a wonderful time. And I was reading, and it was talking about the wonders of Christmas time. And then it just kind of hit me. And I'm going to kind of touch on that just a little bit. Uh, but uh, it is a wonderful time, isn't it? And then I thought about the movie. I know everybody's seen It's a Wonderful Life, right? Have you ever thought what life would have been like if you weren't born? Did you ever wonder that? And I was thinking about that yesterday morning. I said, you know, what would it have been like if I'd never been born? Well, you know, my wife might have been happier. I don't know. Or she might have been sadder. I don't know. But anyway, things would have been different, at least... uh, can't never tell. Might not have had. She might not have had the same children that she has now. You know. So it, it, a lot of things can change. Sometimes we don't think we're making a difference, but we do. And so I got to thinking about that movie. It's a Wonderful Life, and what? And we all seen the movie. We see how that town drastically changed because one man was never born. And then I got to thinking a little bit more. I wonder what it would have been like if God did not, had not loved us enough that Jesus had never been born. What would it have been like? And in John, the first chapter, looking at verse 1 and 2 and then skipping down to verse 14, uh, it says, In the beginning was the Word... And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And then stepping down to verse 14, and said, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 
as we look further in the scriptures, you see in Luke 10 where the angels are speaking to the shepherds and said, Tim, not to be afraid for I bring you good tidings of great joy. And so we look at the wonders of Christmas time. The wonders of the virgin birth. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 speaks of a virgin will conceive and bring forth a child and his name shall be called Emmanuel. I think that childbirth in itself is, is a wonder. How God created a man and he created a woman and a woman was created in such a way that she could give birth. That's just something wonderful. If you ever experience seeing your children being born, that's another wonder in itself as well. How could all this come about? And we know how it happens with us because we have a man and a woman, but the wonder of Mary never had a relationship with a man. She was betrothed, but there was no relationship with Joseph. And yet she became great with child. What would people think? The wonder of it all. You know, sometimes when things happen to us, one of the things we think about is we say something like, I wonder what mom and dad would think. I wonder what my church would think of this situation. I wonder what my pastor would react to this situation that you find yourself in. So we do wonder about a lot of things, don't we? We just don't think about it that much. Can you imagine oh, what Mary would be thinking? I'm a child. Now, in our day and time today, it doesn't seem to be a big deal if a young woman is with a child and she has no husband. It used to be, you'd be really frowned upon. Think about how it was in Mary's day and how wonderful it was that the angel came and spoke to Mary and calmed all her fears. You know, that, that had to be some kind of meeting, especially for Mary. That she was wondering what was going to happen, how Joseph would react, how her family would react, how her friends would react. And the angel says, it's going to be all right. And have you ever told somebody that's having a problem, you're going to look at them and say, well, it's going to be all right. And they're going to say, yeah, right. You're not in this picture. I'm the one in it. But the angel spoke in such a way. And Mary was one who loved God and worshipped God that she trusted the message that was brought to her. And instead of wondering what people would think, she began to realize what a wonderful thing was about to happen in her life. 
she was chosen to give birth to the Son of God. So when we think about Christmas, we, of course, we think about getting presents and things like that, but we don't really think about the background of all the things that were going on with Mary and Joseph and the people at that time. It was a different culture. And then there was Joseph. I have seen some Christmas programs and they have depicted what Joseph would have reacted and then in the beginning he wanted to reject her. And of course the scripture tells us that he could have had her stoned. And most men, when they found out that their girlfriend was expecting, wouldn't have anything else to do with it. But there again, the angel spoke to Joseph in a very convincing manner and shared with him what was happening to Mary. And so everything was okay. It was going to be all right. And so he accepted his position about what was happening. And so we know the rest of the the story of Christmas, how they journeyed to be taxed, and while they were there, the time had come for uh, Mary to have the baby Jesus, and the shepherd was in the field. Now, if I was out in the field in the middle of the night, and the sky lit up, and angels started singing, I would probably run for cover. I don't know what you'd have done. If I hadn't ran, I probably would have passed out. But shepherds was a special group of men in themselves. They wasn't liked very much. They wasn't very clean. They, you probably could smell them before they even got to the front of the church if they walked in the back. There was a certain order about them because they took care of sheep. But there they were. Brave men. Fight off lions and bears or whatever that would come after them sheep. And the sky lit up. And they were, they were afraid. From all my understanding of reading the scriptures, they were afraid, but the angels told them. We got some great news. Wonderful news. You know, and I do a lot of wondering myself about the scriptures and wonder how it would have been like if I would have been there in those times. Do you ever do that? Would you like to have been a shepherd when the news was first given out? That you were the first one to know? That the Savior was born? I had some events to be the first one to know on some occasions, things like that. I wasn't the first to know about our firstborn. My wife went to the doctor and had her best friend to go with her. I was at work. And when they got back home, I was sitting on the doorstep and it was hunting season and I was cleaning my shotgun and 
the friend that she was, had took her there got out of the car and ran. She said, guess what? Sheila's pregnant. And you ought to see my wife just said, she didn't even get to tell her own husband. You know. Why? I wonder why she did that, but she was excited too. So sometimes when we get excited, we tell things ahead of the thing. Sometimes we don't stop and think and wonder how people will react. My church I pastored, I had to, my choir director, she was expecting her first child and nobody knew it and it was homecoming Sunday and all her family was, was there and she came up to me, her and her husband, she said, Pastor, will you do us a favor? I said, what's that? She said, when we have our meal, we want you to eat with us and we want you to say the blessing at our table and then we want you to make an announcement for us. I said, what kind of announcement? We're going to have a child. I said, oh, I'd be glad to. Not realizing that Grandma did not know. So I made the announcement. Grandma about had a fit that the preacher knew before she did. All did not go well that day. So when she was expecting her second child, she did not ask me to announce that. She just went and told Grandma and all that. So we do wonder about things in life. But I, I, I wonder about the Christmas story and how many different ways it's been told. And, and all the things are taking place. And, and, and I wonder how we really, as individuals, really and truly think about it. Do we think about it the way that we should? Well, it's Christmas time. You know, and, and you know, we know it makes a difference because you walk around and some people that don't normally smile, they're smiling. Sometimes people don't normally speak to you, they speak to you. It's Christmas time. All is forgiven. Everybody's happy. Almost. There's some that's still not happy. And so as the song I heard coming up the road today, it said it's the most wonderful time of the year. And so, you see, well, I wonder what makes it so wonderful. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came down to earth, was born as a babe in a manger in Bethlehem. That's why it's such a wonderful time. And I've had people tell me, well, preacher, it's not a wonderful time for everybody because they have experienced some things in their life around Christmas time that was sad. Well, I lost my mother around Christmas time. Yes, I was sad, but I knew where my mama was going. You know. And sometimes people get all upset every year, and I can understand grief to a certain point. But you got to understand that the God that we serve is a loving God, and he gave his son Jesus for us, and that's why we celebrate. There are better days coming. Much, much better days coming for us. It is a wonderful time of the year. Is it wonderful for you? And if you say, well, it's okay. And some say, yeah, it's wonderful. You know? And I saw a little video this week. And I'm not, I'm not a big, big deal on Santa Claus. You know, if they, if they want to have Santa Claus in church, that's fine, all that. I just like to have the last word. It's about Jesus, not about Santa, you know. But I had this little boy, and... It's, I don't know how they did it, but 
I guess he's about four years old. Some of y'all might have saw it too. It was on social media. And had these footprints with, you know, like when you come in with snow on your feet and you, you don't wipe them. Of course, the wife gets mad if you do that. But if you don't wipe them, you walk across and you see a footprint and a little outline with snow. They had these big footprints like that. And this little boy saw them and said, what's that? He said, looks like the of foot. And he started getting happy. And then he went and the milk and cookies were gone and the carrots were gone for the reindeer. And he got so excited. Wouldn't it be great with the wonder of Christmas that we as adults would get excited about telling people about the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? That would be a wonderful thing. You know, we grow up and we... We lose our excitement, you know. You know, my wife, she'll come in sometimes and I'll, she'll walk through the door and I'll, I'll hug her neck and she says, I'm tired, leave me alone. <laughs> See, I never grow up. I'm one of these toys for us kids. I refuse to grow up. But we need to enjoy this time. It's a wonderful time. Nothing like this has ever happened before and, and will never happen again. As far as the birth of Christ is concerned, the next wonderful thing is going to happen is when this, it breaks open and he comes and gets us. But we're talking about Christmas now. We're talking about his birth and what it means to you and what it means to me and most of all, how much God thought about us. And so, I wonder sometimes about the people now and what's going on. I saw a, a billboard that had the nativity scene. And there's one of these billboards that cut in half, sell one half, another, and on the other side, somebody rented the other part and they put up their fake news. The church is being persecuted more and more each and Every day. And you should not let that get you down because of one thing. God is still God. He's still on the throne. He's still in control. And things are going to turn out the way God wants them to turn out somewhere down the road. And just like he loved us enough to send his son, Jesus Christ, uh, for our sins, he also knows that one of these days, he's going to send him back. going to send him back. And we need to be praying and thanking God for all the blessings that we received, especially at Christmas time. We, we, we went through Thanksgiving and all that, and now we're here at Christmas time, and we're celebrating the biggest event in the life of the church. And I read a, I read a little thing this week, and it's talking about Christmas in code. And this is the code they said they use. I don't know if it's true or not. It sounds good. It said, Mary had a little lamb. She did, didn't she? John the Baptist said, what was it? The Lamb of God. Please was white as snow. Jesus never sinned. And everywhere that Mary went, 
the lamb was sure to get it. Now, I don't know if all that's true or not. But it sounds good, doesn't it? Because for a few years, everywhere that Mary went, Jesus went with her. And then he began to be about his father's business. As we celebrate Christmas, and we think about all the wonderful things that happen at this time of the year, and it's hard to get your grandkids to tell you what you want for Christmas, and then they tell you. And then a week later, I changed my mind. And I told them, I said, you keep changing your mind, you're not going to get anything. Because I only got a certain amount of time left. But we have our family get-togethers, and we had a wonderful time. And we expect the presents. But it's his birthday. Not mine, it's not yours, it's his. And we celebrate it. And Christmas time is the time that God revealed his love. To man. In spite of the things that we have done. There are times that men praise God with their mouth and ten minutes later they curse him. We know the story and life of Jesus and his ministry and how one day they loved him and the next day they were saying crucify him. How often we change. I wonder how long God is going to wait before he acts on the way that we live our lives today. It's a wonderful time. Your heart should be full of joy and and sharing that joy with your not only your brothers and sisters in Christ, but everybody you come in contact with. You know, keep a smile on your face. Not just this month, but the whole year long. That's what I try to do. Sometimes I have a few aches and pains that take that smile off my face, but most of the time, most of my friends tell me, said, you know, you're kind of crazy. I said, yeah. I go along with that. But... You can't let life get you down when you know that the God that you serve has got a place reserved for you in heaven. And no matter how bad it gets down here, one of these days, it's going to be great. One of these days, you're going to be singing and shouting and praising God for an eternity because of what God did over 2,000 years ago in a stable in Bethlehem. And if you can't get happy over that, if you can't smile over that, something is terribly wrong with you. I know we have bad experiences in life, but that is life. You get up, you dust yourself off, and you go again. So, we see the news and we see people who have been hit by hurricanes and tornadoes and all that, and towns destroyed, and they interviewed them and they said, we will reveal. 
That's what we need to be with our faith. When we get knocked down, we need to get up and tell people, well, you can knock me down, but I'm going to get back up because why? The God I serve is a wonderful God with wonderful blessings and great love. And he showed that love when he allowed his son to be born of a virgin in a little town called Bethlehem. And it changed the world forever. And if you don't think it has an imprint on men, on people, whether they believe or not, look at Herod. When the wise men came, and that's the thing that me and my son have a pet peeve about on the nativity scene, because you see the wise men around the manger. Jesus was about two years old when the wise men caught up with him. He might have been running around in the backyard somewhere. I don't know. But it took him that long to get there. And that's why Herod had all the babies two years and under killed. So to make sure he got the right one, but he still didn't get the right one. Why? Because God's still in control. God's going to take care of you. He said, I did the biggest thing already. I sent my son. Now what you need to do is realize that without him you're lost. <coughs> without him you're lost. I'm not perfect. I make my share of mistakes. Sometimes I say something to my wife and I realize I'm already in trouble and I should stop right there, but sometimes the, the man in me just tries to fix it and it doesn't really get fixed. But thank God he gave me a loving wife who uh, knows that I mess up sometimes and she's a very forgiving woman. So I thank God that I have her. But God just keeps on forgiving us. And we got to realize that. And if you're looking, and I've heard people say, if you're look, I'm looking for the perfect church. I say, well, when you find it, give me a call. I want to see it. Because we don't have a perfect church. Now, if everybody was just like Jesus, you might could say that. But we're not like him. Christmas. I love it. It's one of my favorite times of the year. I like getting presents too. But you know what I like about as much as anything now, as far as Christmas time goes, other than celebrating the birth of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is seeing my grandkids open presents. I did not know I could get that much joy out of watching children open presents. I love kids. I love to watch kids open presents. But when you're watching your own grandchildren do it, that's something else, isn't it? But it's something else you can thank God for. For the wonders that he has performed, that he has allowed us to even experience the joys of grandchildren. That's what one person said one time, so I know they're going to be that good that had them first. But I'm so thankful this morning that God loved us enough. In spite of all our faults, in spite of all the problems that we have caused, in spite of all the times that God's people had fallen away, in spite of the times that the good news were given to the Gentiles and the whole world was allowed to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and still there was rejection and even his church rejects him at times with their the, the principles of what they, they do in their church with the same-sex marriages and with 
abortion and all those kind of things. And God created man for a purpose and a woman for a purpose. And that purpose was to have a relationship with him and to worship him and praise his name and follow his word. You say, that's just the Bible. The Bible, you, did you hear what I read a while ago? In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. And the Word was with God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We must be obedient to His Word if we expect to have God's blessings. And we must be obedient to the word of God if we want to enjoy the joys of Christmas time and the rest of the times that we have here on earth. One of the first things I learned in church was simply this. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. God loves us so much. He gave us Jesus, but not in the way we expected or they expected. God's people expected a soldier to ride in on a white horse leading the army and conquering Rome and taking over the whole world. But he came as a babe. And he grew up and he experienced life, the same life that we experienced, but with one exception. He didn't sin. He didn't fall to the temptations. Even though he experienced those same temptations. And so when the Spirit speaks to us and says, you need to rededicate your life. You need to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. We can't say that he doesn't understand what I'm going through. Because he went through it. That is one of the wonders of Christmas. That a little child born in Bethlehem understands everything that you've been through and that you're going to go through. And he says, I'm here now. If you don't know him as your personal Lord and Savior, the word says that today is the day of salvation. If you know him as your personal Lord and Savior, that's well and fine. But are you serving him like you're supposed to? Only you can answer those questions. I'm just a messenger. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to you and as we are in the midst of what we return as a Christmas season and we're trying to tell the world the reason that we're celebrating is the birth of your son. But also, Father, the, the reason that we need to be about your business as well and that's sharing the good news of your son. So as we celebrate Christmas, Father, make sure that the world knows the reason why we're celebrating. And Father, that they can have that same joy that we have in our hearts because of what you did over 2,000 years ago. For us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The
hymn of invitation is I forgot. One eighteen. What child is this? One eighteen. One eighteen. What child is this? Won't you come? And what a way the Holy Spirit moves you.